evening, everybody. Two weeks time, just to remind you all, is the pre-Pesach Shir. As a Hashem. I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, but it is in two weeks time. So a week earlier than I would normally do it, but due to the family symptoms of Hashem, it'll be in two weeks time. And also it keeps us in, in, in sync, that's it, in, in, in a normal pattern. Don't have to put anybody else out of their routine. Um, we've been through at length in, over the last few months the halachas of sickness on Shabbos, be it just a slight ailment or a illness that affects the whole person, debilitating illness or a nephrish type of illness. And more because we only have one year left, I decided I, I suggested in, in the last year and the year before that that we'll go through a list of situations that you might find yourself in you shouldn't find yourself in nobody should find themselves in uh, over a Shabbos and should know what's considered a Pekach Nefesh what's not considered Pekach Nefesh and don't forget we did discuss that Pekach Nefesh has two categories to it you can have a situation of Pekach Nefesh which is Bohol which is immediate that means that you're in that situation you, you don't have time to play with you have to immediately get to the and call the ambulance, call that solid, get to a hospital, get to an A&E as fast as you can. That's the Bikoch Nefesh Sakoma of Boho, which is immediate, which is pressing. Then you can have sometimes a, a situation of Sakonas Nefoshes, which is not as immediate. It's Sakoma, your life's in danger, and it needs to be treated as quick as it can, but it's not immediate. You sometimes have an hour to play with, you sometimes have two hours, sometimes three hours, and sometimes even half a day, or sometimes even a full day. You have time to play with. Though it is a situation of Sakonach Nefoshes, meaning if you don't treat it within those number of hours, your life can be in danger. So th- there's a number, when it comes to Shabbos, that creates a different scenario, a different situation of Halakha. If it's immediate Sakonach Nefoshes, then everything falls aside. You just pick up the phone, call a call an ambulance, call a doctor, take a taxi, whatever is necessary you do. There's no, no rules and regulations, no parameters, you do whatever is necessary to enable that person to receive the treatment that he, he or she needs. Meaning that not just all parameters fall aside, you're not even allowed to try and find colours, etc. for the malachas that you're going to be doing. I mean, you're not even allowed to ask a non-Jew to do the malachas for you. You've got to do it yourself. So in an Hatsala call, as we explained, if they come to a scenario which is immediate because they have to drive the ambulance in to the hospital. They are not allowed to ask a non-Jew to drive. If it's a sakana which is not immediate, Meaning that it's a life, a life dangerous, a, a, a dangerous to life situation, but it's not an immediate danger to life. There's a bit of time to play, an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours. Then they're not allowed to drive the ambulance. They have to ask the non-Jew, please take, drive the ambulance and take us in. They won't blue light it in because the non-Jew is not allowed to drive with the blue lights flashing. But we'll get them there. We'll get them there three minutes later, five minutes later. They'll get to the hospital in good time. The A&E staff will look after the person, treat them, and they, their life will be saved. So they can make huge differences in the understanding of the situation as to how one has to respond to it and one doesn't have to respond. So what's relevant to us, we're not m- medics and we're not solid people, but what we can do is get some sort of understanding of what scenarios are Pekach Nefesh and therefore I need to pick up the phone immediately and call, or what scenarios are not such Pekach Nefesh and therefore I can perhaps ask an Andrew to make the call or don't need to drive into the hospital myself, I can ask a, a taxi, an Andrew taxi driver to drive us, etc, etc, just to give us some sort of understanding. But the baseline is if you have a doubt if something is a danger to life or not, then just go ahead and call. Don't wait a second. 
Suffolk Mikrach Nefesh is Deicha Shabbos. Even if you're in doubt, you're Deicha Shabbos. Most of the scenarios that we'll cover are not all immediate, are not all definite Mikrach Nefesh. Some of them are definite Mikrach Nefesh, some of them may not be definite Mikrach Nefesh, but they're at least situations of doubt. The moment you're in a situation of doubt, you must call Hasala. He who hesitates and doesn't call the emergency services is considered a Ritzach, somebody who's murdered. So if you don't understand what's called a situation of Pekach Nefesh, you could Chatushalom, not you as you, but one could Chatushalom be in a situation where life is now in your hands, the life of another person is in your hands. You are the one who's going to decide whether this person should live or shouldn't live. And by hesitating, you are Chatushalom creating a scenario of a person's life being in serious danger. One of the areas where, for instance, we and, and I must be honest with you, the Hatzalah finds a struggle is that I don't allow anybody in Hatzalah to pick up somebody on the way to a call. If you're going to call in Hatzalah on Shabbos, particularly on Shabbos, then the assumption is that if somebody calls in on Shabbos, we assume, unfortunately it's not as well known as it should be, the halachas of the Kuch Nefesh are not as well known as it should be, and it's extremely important for every person to learn the halachas of the Kuch Nefesh, because otherwise you will call Hatzalah for a cut finger, and a cut finger doesn't necessarily have to be a situation of the Kuch Nefesh depending on what the situation is. I don't allow a Hatsala member to drive to a court and stop on the way to pick up another member, even though it would probably mean less Chilul Shabbos, because one person is driving, stops and starts is a bit more Chilul Shabbos, but he's doing less Chilul Shabbos than if two people drive a car to a scene of a patient who is brought my fish. Well, the reason for that is, because if, if we're allowing you to drive on Shabbos, then it's got to be that the assumption at the moment is that the situation is a Suffolk Pekuach Mephish. Suffolk Pekuach Mephish means you've just got to get there. You have no right to delay a second. You have no right to delay a second. And then we get all the questions. Can I put my shoes on? Shall I not put my shoes on? Etc. Etc. And these are serious questions. Um, I was always say to them, do put your shoes on, because you're probably not going to drive safely without shoes, and you're probably not going to be able to do your job safely without shoes. So something which is going to enhance your ability to look after the patient, then do. But to stop and pick up another person just because it's more convenient for him to not have to take his car, that's out of the question, because stopping and starting could cost you 30 seconds, could cost you a minute, till you, till you slow down, open the door, jump in, shut the door, zoom off, you might have to make a turning, extra turning for it, etc, etc. That's the Koch Nefesh. Koch Nefesh has got to be immediate. Delaying in the Koch Nefesh is considered Ritzicha, and we're not allowed to do that. So that's the parameters and the background to the different scenarios we're going to discuss. I've written three A4 sides of the, well, nearly four, two and, a, not quite three, two and a half A4 sides of, of situations that one could commonly come across on a Shabbos. I don't want to, I don't want to exhort, have an exhaustive situ- uh, list. It's, it's just too many situations. All the unusual cases that, that can come up on a Shabbos, they're unusual. Hopefully, if a person sees an unusual situation, you'll, you'll understand it. It's a soft court message and you'll pick up the phone. These are very common situations, very, very common situations. Common doesn't mean that you're going to come across them uh, every week and you might, you might never come across them in your whole life but these are situations that are common and the key when it comes to for instance Hatsala is that situations have to be there as a situation constantly for us to be allowed to be Mechal Shabbos in the way that we do in Hatsala meaning there's always people around with weak hearts there's always people around who, who are at risk of stroke there's always people around who, who are at risk of, of certain levels of infection. So the, the sarcoma might not actually be imminent right now, but the situation of the sarcoma is there in front of us. 
and that's why we allow them so much leeway when it comes to preparing for a scenario of Kassashon being called out. If we live in a village and there's everybody's absolutely hale and hearty and nobody with any heart conditions or nobody with any, any conditions whatsoever, there's only 10 Jews there, we wouldn't allow the same level of leniency when it comes to our solid in such a situation as we do in a town like ours. Because in a town like ours, where there's thousands and thousands and thousands of from, not even from, of Jews who might at some point in time come across a situation of Pekach Mephesh, therefore we consider that Pekach Mephesh Lepomenu. That the situation of Pekach Mephesh is there, it's just not actually come to your, it's not actually come to fruition if you want to use a word, it's not actually come to, to be a Pekach Mephesh, yes, but it's there. The, the, the ingredients for it is, are, are there, and they really are there, because we get calls daily, weekly, every Shabbos, there's 20 calls on a Shabbos. Uh, for us, Solomon, there's roughly 20 calls. Um, could be, there could be 20 calls over Shabbos. Could be sometimes one, two, or three, but there's never a Shabbos without calls, unfortunately. We need to know when to call us Solomon, not to call us Solomon. That's why I'm running through this list. So let's make a start. It's in alphabetical order. So the first scenario that I've written down is the allergic food reaction. Now, most allergies to food are not considered a clock message. The person is uh, allergic to most foods, there, there's no pikoch nefesh there, and therefore nothing has to be done. There may be discomfort, there may be even a level of illness that's considered debilitating, maybe. But most of them are not pikoch nefesh. There are one or two food allergies that are absolutely pikoch nefesh, particularly nut uh, allergies and things like that. There are some food allergies which are really pikoch nefesh. If you're in the vicinity of somebody who has a, a, a nut allergy, I have a friend in Kodal, when we used to live in Kodal, when we learned the Kodal, the Kodal was the base medical that was on the upper floor, like the, second, the first floor, and there was a kitchen in the basement. And on the Shabbos morning, if somebody made a little kiddish, they would make the kiddish in the basement. If anybody put nuts in the basement, he began, he couldn't breathe in, in, already in the base medish. So nut allergy is a very serious allergy, depending for who. If you're in a situation where you see somebody with an allergy, it could be a kiddish or something like that, there's somebody who's struggling to breathe, etc, etc, um, becoming lethargic and struggling to breathe and breathe, anything like that, that's, that's the cock method, and you have no time to wait. They, they need to have a, a, an injection, an F-pen injection immediately, they, they need to get hold of one, you need to get somebody who's able to give, to, to, to give it to them, not, the Hapsolomans are not actually trained, not yet, to, to deliver and, and administer medication, but you've got to get into the hospital as fast as you can. No seconds to wait, no time to wait. Pick up the phone and call that solar, call the 999 and just get there. Get there as fast as you can. They'll blue light you in, not you, they'll blue light the person in, and as I said, that person will be absolutely fine. So, an allergic food reaction depends on the scenario, but it can really be succumbed to the first. So, depending, we will discuss some scenarios like that. Um, we will come across situations like that, but depending on how severe the allergy is, and how often they, they uh, how, how often they're going to come in contact with it, it just depends. You don't go to a kiddush on a Shabbos if you're allergic to peanuts, and they serve peanuts. We had a situation here where a member of Shul made a, a kiddush and sent a, a, a written letter and a phone warning, please do not send me any cakes to the baker, to the, to the supplier of the cakes. No cakes with any nuts in it. I have family members who have allergies. Please do not supply me with any cakes with any nuts, and you'd be rest assured that he definitely sent cakes with nuts, for sure, uh, unfortunately. So uh, you have to really be careful, but most people with food allergies can avoid them. They can avoid them. Don't go to Kiddush, you know, because go to Kiddush. So depending on the situation, yes, we would allow often, in certain scenarios, we'll come across some of it later, where you're allowed to walk around carrying your medication in the shops. That session we'll see.
Some do the appendicitis or suffolk appendicitis. Uh, not quite sure if it's uh, appendicitis or not, but if there's any doubt it's an appendicitis, appendicitis is a very cute, sharp pain on the left side of the, of the abdomen. It's esophagus appendicitis. It's a, a very sudden onset. Anything like that, suffolk or nephish, take them in. Appendicitis doesn't have time to play with because you can't, you can't risk it. So get into the stage of bursting because then you, you get internal infections. You mustn't ever go down that route. It's real succumbent Appendicitis is something you call and you go blue light in, no question about it. Asthma. Now, asthma again depends on the situation. Most asthma patients are, are well trained and know how to deal with asthma. Uh, they, they have an inhaler. Sometimes, if you are uh, a person who suffers from asthma at quite a severe level, you will be allowed to take your inhaler with you. And some people, it's good enough to have one in school and one at home, and the, the traveling time between the school and the house is not that. Uh, not that long enough that it should really be a risk for some people are at risk and they have to carry their, their inhalers with them and then you carry them bashinu, you put them in your hat or you put them in your stocking or you, you carry them in a situation of bashinu and then it's sakonos nefoshes sakonos nefoshes you allowed to carry with bashinu and that's not a problem if you're in a situation where you need someone who's having an asthma attack and they don't have an inhaler or the inhaler's not working and they're struggling to breathe that is sakonos nefoshes of course no questions asked etc a bee wasp Thing, a bee sting or a wasp sting. Most wasp stings and bee stings are not so common for the average person. But sometimes uh, a bee sting, can, more than a wasp sting, but even a wasp sting can cause an allergic reaction. Some people are allergic to bee stings and wasp stings. And if that's a shaman person does have a, a bee or wasp sting, and you see them having this terrible allergic reaction, um, a tightness of the throat, a difficult breathing, uh, hives, severe swelling, or something like that, and you, you can <coughs> assume that, that this is a severe allergic reaction to the bee sting, that's already a, a case of sarcomas nephoshes again, and uh, immediately they have to be taken to hospital, don't wait, don't ask, no non-Jews, no shinui, just call, and save them as quick as you can. An animal bite. An animal bite is very interesting. In this country, where we don't have any rabies, so animal bites are not directly a sarcoma. They're not, they're not a severe sarcoma. Uh, we don't have rabies. If you're in Ecuador or in America or any other country where rabies is not being eradicated like it has here, then a, a dog bite could be a suffix sarcoma. So a dog bite could be a suffix sarcoma. So if you're in an area where there's a high risk of rabies, I don't know where, which countries are and which countries aren't. I didn't do a, a survey, but uh, I imagine that Ecuador is not low risk as such. But if you're in a high risk of rabies, then it's, then it's sarcoma. Then you have to get to the possible as fast as you can so they can give you an anti-rabies injection and they can uh, reduce the risk of anything serious happening. If you're in an area where there's a low risk of rabies, meaning that most animals do not have rabies, uh, in, in, in many countries it's not the dogs that are the problem, it's the bats and, and different types of uh, mammals like that. But bats, a lot of bats carry rabies with them. Uh, I don't know if you ever walked around with your lion, but um, my son, when he was in Yeshiva in the Mir, I once went to visit him in his flat, and, his, and outside his side was an evening, he, there was a street light, you could see, literally see the bats, this is in Meshoram, you could see the bats were, were flying around the light, back out the lights. Bats are mammals, but if they bite, if you get into contact with one of them inadvertently and they bite, and there's a serious risk of rabies, you have to get to hospital as fast as you can. Uh, dogs in Exor could have serious rabies, I don't know. If there is, if it's a high risk, get there as fast as you can. If it's a low risk, a small risk, then you have time, you can ask an non-Jew, etc. There's no rush, ask an non-Jew to call, ask an non-Jew to drive you, etc., etc. If you have an animal bite and there's, a, there's broken skin, etc., an animal, most animals are not uh, the most hygienic of, of beings, 
and therefore there's a, a, definitely a risk of infection at the site. So either you have a Solomon who's capable of dealing with it, or you need to go into hospital to get them to deal with it to make sure that you don't have any problems of uh, later infections. That, that is maybe a sarcoma, but it's not bovel, it's not immediate and you have time, therefore in a situation like that, say in a dog bite in this country, if you're worried of, of, for infection, there's no rabies, so you ask a non-Jew, or you, do, you make a call with a shino, you ask a non-Jew to take you in, you take a taxi, you go into A&E, but you have no permission, you can't do any monopoly yourself, because there's no situation of immediate sarcoma. M- minor wounds. A minor wound is not a sarcoma at all. If somebody cuts their finger, or, or cuts himself, we, we don't normally assume that to be a, a sarcoma. If, however, you cut yourself on a rusty piece of metal or a dirty piece of metal where there's a risk of tetanus and you're not up to date with your tetanus injections, or you're in a country where there's a severe risk of tetanus, then that can be a sarcoma. Tetanus is a sarcoma sarcoma. It may not be bold, it may not be immediate sarcoma, it doesn't, the tetanus infection doesn't, doesn't uh, begin immediately when you cut yourself with a, with a rusty piece of metal, but it, there is a risk of sarcoma, so it's not immediate, so then again, you take a non-Jew, pick up the phone, call a taxi, and take a taxi into the hospital, and get them to give you an antitetanus injection as fast as you can, but it's not immediate. Uh, the exact timing for that, I'm not quite sure. Bleeding, if a, a person's bleeding, now normally when a person bleeds, the body broke a sham, because created the body uh, with an unbelievable ability to the blood congeals as soon as it, hits, it, hits, it comes out of the oxygen and enables the body to heal and stop the bleeding. However, sometimes if you see a person's bleeding and it's pulsating, so it's really coming out quite fast, it's not stopping, or it doesn't stop within 10 minutes, then you can uh, assume at least misophic, the doubt, that maybe you've cut an artery, uh, and if you cut an artery, it won't stop. Uh, the person could bleed to death. At that point, it's already a sarcoma. It's beginning to get immediate sarcoma. It's not just a eventual sarcoma. It's probably more an immediate sarcoma. Take no risks. If you're not trained and don't know how to stop an artery from bleeding, and even if you do, pick up the phone to Hatsola, tell them to come as fast as they can, and get them into hospital so they can prevent the person from bleeding to a state of sarcoma. Internal bleeding, any internal bleeding is a sarcoma, any internal bleeding is a sarcoma and it's considered immediate. Internal bleeding could come from an ulcer, it could come from illness, certain illnesses, certain cancers cause internal bleeding, it could come from a trauma, a hard blow, so if somebody gets a really bad punch in the stomach, or, 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 or which could cause internal bleeding and there seems to be something that may be internal bleeding, then you've got to get into hospital as fast as you can. Again, that's a sarcoma, which is immediate, and you must get there fast. A broken bone. Now, most broken bones are not really considered a sarcoma sarcoma. It's not considered a sarcoma sarcoma. It may be a sarcoma ava. It may be a sarcoma ava, which we've learned now a lot as a sarcoma ava means a risk to a limb, but not a risk to life. A risk to limb is not something that allows you to do a malacha. It allows you to ask your mom to do a malacha. So most broken bones are not a risk to life. However, a broken bone, for instance, a, a thigh bone or a pelvis, or if it's a protruding break, or if the person with a broken bone is lethargic, or he faints, there's, there's a slight added dimension to the breakage of that bone. That's already considered at least the level of a sarcoma and not just a soffic sarcoma, it's a soffic sarcoma which is immediate. Uh, a broken pelvis or a broken thigh uh, can be considered a real sarcoma. And therefore, anything like that has to be taken into hospital immediately. 
a dislocated bone, most dislocated bones, a dislocated finger or dislocated shoulder or anything like that is not considered sarcoma. Uh, it's only considered sarcoma's eva. It's considered a sarcoma to a limb, and therefore a malacha cannot be done by the Jew, but can an, a non-Jew can do whatever is needed to be done. So you can ask an non-Jew to phone, you can um, ask an non-Jew to drive you in, take a taxi, etc., etc. When we talk about bone dislocation or even broken bones not being a sarcoma, we're talking about where the pain level is not going to reach a point which can actually be dangerous. Sometimes the pain level is so, is so severe that a person can go into shock or if a person has a weak heart, the pain level can affect the heart. Then you have to understand the situation that you're in. The average young person who has dislocates his shoulder is not in any danger to life. But an older person or a person with a, a, a precondition could be. So knowing the situation, you could actually take any of these situations could turn into psychomatophages if you have a few different uh, dimensions and ingredients in the same scenario. A breast infection is a sarcoma, but it's not bold. If a person wouldn't treat a breast infection, if a woman wouldn't treat a breast infection, that, that infection could actually seep into the bloodstream and could be a sarcoma. But if on the onset of a breast infection, if there's no immediate danger. It's a, it's a situation that could develop to a life-threatening situation, but it's not an immediate danger. So, yes, don't wait till... If, if the, the infection starts on a Friday night, you don't wait for Matzah Shabbos to go and get treated because it could develop, depending on the, on, on the person, some people develop quicker, some uh, a bit slower, but it could develop very fast and you could really put yourself in a situation of danger. But at this point in time, you're not in a situation of danger. So what you can do is you, if you ha- are able to walk around to your doctor, walk around to your doctor. If you're able to, if you can't and you need a, a taxi to take you there, take a taxi to take you there. Ask an laundry to pick up the phone. If there's no doctor and you need to go to A&E to help you, etc., etc., then get a laundry to take you in. You're in a situation of sarcoma, which is not bold. A situation of sarcoma, which is not bold, as we said, allows you to ask the non-Jew to do the malacha for you. If there's no non-Jew around and there's nothing you can do and if you don't do anything then the situation is going to, the infection is going to develop and, and worsen then you are allowed to do the malacha yourself because an internal infection is considered a sarcoma, a or at least a suffix sarcomosnophosis. Bronchitis in itself is not a sarcoma if it's been treated but if after taking the medication a person suddenly finds himself difficult with difficulty difficulty to breathe, uh, automatically any difficulty in breathing, particularly when you have a condition such as bronchitis, that's called sarcoma. It's sarcoma which is bold. The moment a person has difficulty in breathing, that's an immediate sarcoma. No questions asked. A person should go to the hospital and call that sarcoma as fast as he can. A burn. A burns are very interesting. Uh, uh, there are different levels of burns. You can have a, a second degree burn or a third degree burn. I'm not going to go into a whole uh, scientific discourse now and what's the difference between a second degree burn or a third degree burn except to say that a third degree burn is a far more severe burn and a second degree burn is a less severe burn. The difference is that a third degree burn is considered a sarcoma even if it's only uh, uh, roughly around 2% of the body. That's a very small percent of the body. So a third degree burn even on a 2% of the body on an adult is considered a, is considered a sarcoma. A second degree burn will only be considered a sarcoma if it's on roughly 15% of the body. Um, even then, it may not be considered a sarcoma, which is m- immediate. On the third degree burn, it's probably more immediate. A uh, second degree burn is less immediate, but burns at that level is uh, entering into the stage of sarcoma, and you must call that solid, you must get it seen to. Uh, not every burn can be treated with our limited knowledge. Sometimes uh, putting water on a burn is actually worse. Putting water on a third degree burn is worse than not putting water on it. Not putting water on a second degree burn is probably worse than putting water on it. So, but the, the, the are trained to know which ones are 
our th- third degree, which one's our second degree, and, and exactly what to do. On children, burns are much more dangerous, and there is a, a risk of burn. Uh, um, uh, second degree or third degree, you should call that salt immediately because it definitely is a situation of sarcoma. A cancer patient, anybody is struggling with the, the machla of cancer, then the risk of infection is far greater because the, the treatments that are given to stave off cancer and to heal cancer, usually at the same time, today it's become much better, but usually at the same time will, will affect the person's immune system. So for them, infection is a much greater risk. So if there's any risk of infection for a cancer patient, don't ask questions. That patient needs to get in hospital as fast as they can, so they can put on antibiotics, and they can be treated to prevent hospital infection from taking hold. And something which is also can be common, but today is a little bit less common than it used to be, is carbon, carbon monoxide poisoning. A carbon monoxide poisoning is any risk of your boiler malfunctioning and uh, emitting carbon monoxide into the home, uh, besides all lethargy and, and uh, temperature and lethargy, or no temperature, just being very lethargic. But you'll see everybody's being lethargic in the house, it won't just be one person, but then there's a risk of carbon monoxide poisoning and you, you, you don't have the foresight to have a carbon monoxide uh, measuring, whatever you call them, monitor in the house, then there's a risk of hashtag of, of sarcoma. It's boho. Carbon monoxide is a very dangerous poison, and therefore you have to make a call and get yourselves out of the house and, and get the authorities there so they can take you to the hospital as fast as you can to get you sorted out. Cataract operation is not a sarcoma at all. There's very little risk in a cataract operation, though it's a very common operation today. There is a slight risk of post-operative infection in the eye, but that's not uh, a risk to the person, as not a risk to life. It's only a risk to the eye. Now, when I say only, I don't mean only as only, but I mean only as only, if you understand what I mean. Uh, therefore, it's not a risk to, the, to life, but it's, it's a sarcoma eva. Sarcoma eva is considered a something that allows you to ask a non to do the monopoly, but you can't do the monopoly yourself. So, if somebody after cataract operation needs to go back into hospital for whatever reason it may be, then a non should take them in. Cellulitis is a, can be a serious condition. Cellulitis, particularly if there's red lines, forming from the source of the cellulitis infection, uh, that means the, the cellulitis is entered the bloodstream. If Hasselshaw is entered the bloodstream, you don't have time to, to waste. You need to get to hospital as fast as you can. Uh, you sometimes get allergic reactions that look like the red lines running up the, the arm or the leg. And I remember many years ago taking a friend of mine to Dr. Stein who had red lines going all the way up his arm and not far off from the heart, which is the biggest risk of an internal infection. And in the end, it was just a Allergy. Uh, an allergy to mosquito and the allergy spread. And that was, uh, he was fine, and then he was back in the base medicine the next morning. But uh, uh, cellulitis can be a risk. If there's any risk of the cellulitis spreading, then it's a comma, and, and uh, understandably you've got to take it as fast as possible. Childbirth, we've discussed briefly, uh, we don't need to go into detail of childbirth, but of course, childbirth, uh, a woman in labor or uh, immediately post-birth are considered sarcoma and therefore whatever is needed has to be done and taken into hospital as fast as they can. Croup, that's severe croup, that's a very fast deep breathing, somebody does more than 60 breaths a second, uh, 60 breaths a minute, which is a, a, a symptom of croup, or blue lines, lethargy, etc, etc, that level of croup, severe croup is life-threatening and therefore one's got to take them into hospital as fast as you can. Dehydration is a very dangerous condition. The severe dehydration is dangerous. We, we don't fully understand how dehydration, we, that means the lay people, don't, we don't fully, we're not fully aware of 
how easy it is for Prophet to become dehydrated, particularly elderly people. Uh, our heating systems dehydrate us in the summer. The sun dehydrates us, so we, we, we need to hydrate ourselves regularly. Dehydration can be a, a, a a serious condition. If a person has shown reached the stage of dehydration, that is a sarcoma, and one shouldn't waste time, and one should end call that solo or get in touch with as fast as possible. Diabetic. Now, being diabetic itself is not a sarcoma, and particularly most, most people who are diabetic are well aware of their condition and are very well in tune on how to control the condition. However, sometimes you can get di- a diabetic hyper... I can't even read this anymore. Hyperglycemic. That's a hypoglycemic attack. And when, when you get severe diabetic attack, then you don't really have time to play with it. If you haven't got the injections and the insulin or, or what's needed, then you need to call that solo and get them to hospital as fast as they can so they can deal with it. Now, just a uh, point relevant to, to around about now at this time of the year is drunkenness. Drunkenness is not in itself an immediate danger. But unfortunately, sometimes drunkenness can actually lead to circumstances. There was a situation in America a couple of years ago where Bapa died in the camp for him because he, he was drunk and drinking too much sometimes can cause circumstances. So if a person can't be aroused or, or is uh, really in, in a situation where his breathing is shallow or, or there's any signs of any uh, anything wrong with, with the metabolism of the person because he's in a, in a drunkenness situation, it's very hard to tell because when people are drunk they do sleep but they should be in a relaxed sleep rather than uh, a stressful sleep. If you see somebody drunk and poor and that there's any risk or any suffering or post-poorum, unfortunately, it's not poorum, it's uh, even Shabbos, uh, it's become fashionable Friday night to go out and eat and become drunk nowadays, I'm afraid, and, and the young doctor, uh, if there's any suffering, sarcoma, any suffering that, that this person is not taken to the, to the alcohol, well, immediately taken to, to call that solid and take them to hospital. And I'm going to say this even though it uh, should, shouldn't need to be said, but overdose on drugs can also be a serious, not a can, can be and is a very serious condition. Uh, drug overdose, or even non-overdose. Sometimes people on, on light drugs can, can take a, a reaction, have a reaction to the drug, and can be in a very serious uh, state. So come if you ever come across somebody like that, please call that solo and get them into hospital as fast as you can. An ear injury. And we're going through the alphabet. So we past the D's now. We're on to the E's. Yeah. Don't worry, it doesn't go right up through the Z. I, I, chicken pox. I d- sorry? Chicken pox. Yeah. Chicken pox is not sarcoma. <laughs> it really isn't. It, it's very uh, debilitating, but it's not sarcoma. Um, yeah. We're going to come to nosebleeds a bit later. That's N. Yeah, no, no, no. It goes in alphabetical order. But nosebleed is N. Nosebleed is N. Yes. For sure. For for somebody who's who's got a heart condition or is on blood thinners, for sure. Unconscious is you, but unconscious is for sure. Anybody who's fainted, we're going to talk about fainting or unconsciousness. Uh, un- uh, you find them unconscious. Take them in. Take them in. Well, up to ear, ear injury. Now, an ear injury can be either a ruptured eardrum, or a blow to an ear, or a blow to the head, which causes a discharge from the ear. A ruptured eardrum from an infection is not usually a circumstance. Um, it may be a either. It could be that uh, too many ruptured eardrums could affect the hearing, 
could cause scarring on the eardrum and therefore it affects the hearing of the person with a ruptured eardrum but it's not sarcomas mephoshis, it's only sarcomas ever and therefore if you do need to get to a doctor or to the A&E you can take them in with a taxi ask an Andrew to call and take them with a taxi but it's not immediate life, uh, a threat to life a blow to the ear or blow to the head that causes a discharge from the ear that is a sarcomas mephoshis that means that there's been internal bleeding and uh, there's been a head injury a trauma to the brain and you need to get into hospital as fast as you can that's a comment, that's a bowl and do whatever it takes to get them as fast as they can epilepsy, now most people who are epileptic are again, it's a condition they're aware of it's a condition that they are in control of today there's some passive medication for epilepsy which keeps it under control but it can happen that an, a person with an ep- who suffers from epilepsy will go, go into an epileptic fit most times the epileptic fit is fine it's controlled and they, they themselves know how to put themselves in the recovery position before they actually fall or somebody in the vicinity will know and then there's no sarcomas nephrosis if however you see them having difficulty breathing or the lips are turning blue which means they're not getting enough oxygen etc then that's a sarcoma you need to call the outsider as fast as you can a blow to the eye is rarely a sarcoma nephrosis um, it can cause uh, awful damage around the eye and can cause damage to an eye but it's loved up a sarcomas nephrosis it's usually a sarcomas ava and therefore a non-Jew can be asked but a person themselves may not do any malacha a sudden loss of vision a sudden loss of vision is sometimes an indication of a stroke or an aneurysm uh, the person doesn't suddenly lose, lose vision from one moment to the next so a sudden loss, loss of vision if somebody comes to you and says to you oh, I'm suddenly just gone blurry really blurry and I can't see in an eye but a, a, a real loss of vision you know we, we all get blurry eyes sometimes because we're overtired etc we're talking about a real sudden onset of loss of vision and call up somebody you can get them to the hospital to be checked out as fast as you can no, you should, no risk should be taken because if there is a, an aneurysm or a stroke seconds are really good help um, fainting, a sudden faint now if a person after a sudden faint regains consciousness rapidly then that's, there's no they need to be checked out you need to go to the hospital to check them out but there's no immediate danger and therefore no need to call out solid you can call a taxi and you can take them in by taxi to any and ask them to check them out if the person who suddenly fainted does not regain consciousness or you see difficulty in breathing or anything to that effect that is a sarcoma and that's immediate and you need to call out solid as fast as you can a high fever somebody who has very high temperature for up to the H's somebody who has very high temperature it doesn't go very far most of the lower letters do not have any illnesses that are relevant to us I'm still looking for an illness that begins with a Z that's relevant a zombie a zombie is not an illness high fever somebody has high fever there's actually a a dispute in the medical world how high is called high fever but we're going to go for the highest just to, for clarity, somebody has 104 and above in an, in an adult, 104 and above in an adult is already called sarcoma, it's dangerous enough, but it's not dangerous and not immediately threatening, it's not immediately a threat to life. If, if the painkillers do not re- reduce that fever and you need to then go into hospital because you can't stay on 104, it's not, you're not in the immediate danger, but you are in the danger. So you can ask an Andrew to call a taxi, etc., but you don't need to get a blue light and they have the blue light smashing to take the person into hospital because he has 104 temperature the same applies to a child of 103 or more but if there's any lethargic you know if a person is lethargic with a fever or any other type of added 
complication with a fever and that could actually turn the fever into a sarcoma which could be immediate and in those situations you call that solid in the arsenic to in the hospital particularly with children children with very high fever could sometimes be an indication of, of uh, other illnesses etc head injuries as we mentioned above a head injury is always a sophic sarcoma and a head injury if it's a serious head injury if the person is unconscious or if there's a, a discharge from the ear, etc., that's considered a, a sarcoma compression, which is bold, which is immediate, and you have to get into the fastest possible to, to a doctor and to a hospital. A heart attack. Now, a heart attack is uh, a heart attack, def- a definite heart attack, or even a suffering heart attack. The person's in doubt with his chest pains, there's a numbing of the, of the arms, a numbing of the, of the fingers, and whatever the, the signs of a heart attack are, if there's any of those signs there, don't waste the minute, just call that solar and get to the hospital as fast as you can. Again, minutes are important. An angina attack is not actually a, a sarcomas nephoshis. An angina attack is something that can be controlled. And depending on the, the level of severity of the angina that the person suffers with, the often uh, people who suffer from angina will be told by the doctors to walk around with them with their medication. So as soon as they get an attack, they can just put a, a piece of uh, the tablet under the tongue, allow it to slowly dissolve under the tongue so it gets into the bloodstream fast and reduces the pressure on the heart and, the, and the, the angina attack will subside. That type of person is allowed to walk around with their medication on Shabbos. That's another scenario where it would, you would allow them to walk around with their medication in their hat or in their uh, stockings or in any, any way that's kalachiyad to try and remove the risk. If a person is, has an angina attack and the tablets haven't worked, then we would consider that probably a sarcoma and they should go to, to be checked out by the local A&E. High blood pressure. High blood pressure is actually a, a dangerous condition. It is a dangerous condition and needs to be treated. If a person is, has a, has a uh, doubt whether his blood pressure has been raised in the suffix, if he has high blood pressure, if he can ask the non-Jew to take his blood pressure for him just to check it out, he should ask the non-Jew. If not, he can take it himself because high blood pressure is a risk to life. If a person is feeling unwell with the risk of high blood pressure, or he has high blood pressure, and he's feeling unwell, etc., that is a, a, a situation of immediate danger, and he needs to get into hospital so they can bring down that blood pressure as fast as possible to reduce the risk to life. That's called a sarcona, which is bowel, a sarcona, which is immediate, and he needs to get into hospital. And we discussed this once before, kidney stones. Kidney stones are in itself not really dangerous. A severe attack of kidney stones can be dangerous, but somebody who has had a recurring kidney stones and knows what the the kidney stone pain is, is usually not really a sarcomastophosis. A severe attack of kidney stone is sarcomastophosis. Now, someone was called out to somebody who seemed to have a, an attack of kidney stones, they would blue light them into hospital because they're not 100% sure that it's not sarcoma. So a, it's an onset of kidney stones, which is not a condition that you're not, you're not used to, you don't have as a condition, you should call that someone and get taken into hospital. If you do have, you, if somebody does have kidney stones, uh, and uh, knows what the condition is all about and knows that with this, you know, just need painkillers to reduce it. It's not a sarcomastophosis. And if you can, and the pain isn't severe enough to be a risk to, to, them, to, to the person, there's no added complications such as a weak heart or anything like that, then a non Jew should take him to hospital rather than asking a Jew to do the malacha. Meningitis. Meningitis is a very, very quick uh, reacting uh, infection in children, particularly in children. It's, it's extremely, extremely dangerous, and the moment that there are any signs of meningitis or any of the symptoms of meningitis, uh, lethargic child, or, or hopefully you'll catch it before you get the bluish, the bluish um, tinges on the skin, etc., etc., Jews, take them into hospital as fast as you can, pick up the phone, call 
Hatsala and tell them it's Sakona and they'll get there as quick as they can and take it as fast as possible. A nosebleed, we've got the nosebleed, we're finally at the ends. Nosebleed is not really a danger unless it's profuse. If the nosebleed is really, really bleeding a, a, a lot and cannot be stopped, and that's a sign that it's not just a plain nosebleed, it's coming from an internal bleed and you need to get past to a fast so they can contain that internal bleeding. Pneumonia is also a sarcoma. Pneumonia with fever, uh, again depending on the level of the pneumonia that, yeah, that the person has, but pneumonia is a, a infection which can be risky. If it's with fever, then there's an element of sarcoma and uh, if necessary a person, a person feels uh, a threat or a, any level of sarcoma or sophic sarcoma, then she calls that on and gets taken and taken in hospital. A seizure, uh, again a seizure which is known and has a known cause to it, like epilepsy or something like that, fine, then that can be dealt with. If it's a seizure, a seizure with a no, with a, a, a no known cause, a sudden seizure, then get into hospital as fast as you can, so, so the, the, the medical profession can try and analyze and get to the bottom of what, what these seizures are coming from and remove the threat has to show them to the person's life. We're coming to the end now, stomach pain. Stomach pain, uh, plain stomach ache is not that a danger to life. I know we still think that when we have a stomach ache that the world comes to an end, but it hasn't. And it's not a danger to life, it's not even a danger to, to a limb. There's very little risk in a stomach ache. However, a sudden severe stomach pain, where or a pain that's focused in one specific area of the stomach, it's not uh, uh, all that comes in stomach ache, it's uh, in one particular area, or if it's accompanied by fe- fever, sweating, uh, blood in the stool, blood in the urine, or vomiting, vomiting blood, anything like that is already a lot more than just a pain stomach ache. That's something that needs to be treated immediately. That's a sarcoma, it's bold, it means that some internal bleeding, uh, there's a rupture or something in the intestine or in the stomach and it needs to be seen to as fast as possible. Call the authorities, call the medical people as quick as you can. And finally, the last one that I've written down is a, a stroke or esophic stroke. Any symptoms, as I mentioned before, of a stroke or esophic stroke is immediate, it's sarcoma. The quicker you can get a person to be treated, the quicker, the, the, the less the stroke will affect the person, the less debilitated the person will be, and the less risk to the person's life. And therefore, the stroke is uh, immediate sarcoma, and the person should call the Hatsala or the ambulance as fast as possible. I hope that's given us a bit of a background to so some of the situations that there are so many more that we can talk about, but they're much more far-fetched and a little bit more specific to, to specific situations. This is, these are the ones that you might come across somewhere. It gives us a, a rough idea. I didn't talk about severed fingers, but that's also something that we, we have discussed in the past, uh, which is, which is a sarcoma, but not a bowl. It's not immediate uh, unless the bleeding is profuse again, etc., etc. Most of the scenarios that a person might come across should have been covered by this list. Whatever it happens, it happens Friday night. I rush into hospital. Yes. What is the situation about getting to the So, m- m- I believe, and I think uh, I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not, m- I'm not on my own in this belief, that hospitals are dangerous places. Hospitals are there considered very dangerous places. I have a friend, uh, an old man, who was a, a father of a friend of mine who I knew very well, uh, lived in Gateshead, who was taken to hospital for a routine operation and caught a superbug, and within three days he was lifted. Uh, I stood by his bedside for three days and hospitals are dangerous places, there's no question about it. Get out of the hospital as fast as you can, take a taxi home, uh, a non-Jewish taxi home and get home. Can you talk? This, this taxi, is there a number that is... Hassala has a number for taxis, uh, you can ask Midway, 
and they have a, a uh, password that, uh, which is twice high, which is 1818. You can take that solo. You, 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 you can take that solo taxi as well. You phone Midway and order, get them to order a taxi from Midway and give the, the code number 1818, twice high. So, but then you have to repay her solo after shops. Okay. Is it the taxi for the person who is not well or for the person who went with? Either. Uh, we, we, we allow one person to go with and, one per- and the same person to come back, either on his own or, in a, or, or with the patient. With the patient for sure, on his own as well, because we're worried if we don't allow the person to come home, then they, w- he, they won't accompany the person into the hospital, and that can be dangerous. And walking home in the rough, it depends who you are. If you're yeah, 22, then walking home is fine. If you're uh, a little bit older than that, then, then walking home can be a pain. Mm-hmm. It can be difficult, yes. So the right high temperature, yeah. so if you want to suspect the high temperature, you actually take it If there's a soft that is dangerous and you need to go to hospital, get, get a non-Jew to take it. If you can't, then you can take it, sure. So what they do, when they when a solo member comes to a call, for example, but for example, I'll just use that as an example. I'm just using that solo as an easy way to explain. Um, they they take all the observations. If they think the situation is, is maybe risky to risk the life, they will take all the observations as normal. If not, they will do them all with a shinner. Um, they will take the blood sugar. They will always take blood sugar from from uh, if the person has some fainted. It could just be. Uh, uh, you know, it could be diabetes, it could be a sudden drop in, in, in the sugar. So they will take the blood sugars. They will, in that situation, they will take it properly because that's a sarcoma. But if they need to take the blood sugar and they, they can see the situation is not sarcoma, they will take it with a shinning. Uh, people who are diabetic and need to measure their sugars uh, every day uh, should learn how to do it on Shabbos with a shinning. It's very, very doable. It's very, very doable. And do it with a shinning, and, but you have to do it. You can't go to a Shabbos without taking your blood sugar. It's a sarcoma not to take your blood sugar over Shabbos, but it's not bold. It's not immediate. Sarcoma is not immediate, so therefore do it with a shinnik. Bohul means immediate. Base hey Bob Lamed. Bohul. Bahala. You know what the word Bahala is, right? Yeah, so this is just the singular of Bahala. Bohul. Clear? Okay, okay, we're very late, so we'll, we'll have to make a miss for the. When we learn the halachas and we know what to do, then the Sultan says there's no use actually having these situations with, with the people who know the halachas because they don't know what to do. Right? He doesn't want that. He wants situations where we don't know what to do. So once we learn the halachas, hopefully it'll make life easier for all of us and we won't encounter these situations and there'll be less of these situations in the Kalisro and there will be only refuers and Muhammad and Yeshua's for all of us and we'll be there to see the Gullah soon and we'll have an this to be redundant. It won't be necessary to have any illnesses. And we'll be able to see the Goda, the chorus, the main